welcome to the NS North podcast. My name is Philip Cascrain, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host Dan Byers. How are you, Dan? I'm good. How are you, Phil? I'm great. We are very happy to have you listening in on our first podcast of 2014, which will introduce attendees to the great speakers presenting at NS North 2014. NS North is Ottawa's premier independent iOS and Mac developers and designers conference. It will take place at the Canadian Museum of Nature from Thursday, May 8th to Saturday, May 10th. In this podcast, we are pleased to have with us speaker Charles Perry, and he joins us now. How are you, Charles? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Great. Fantastic. Now, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Um, I'm from the Indianapolis area, and I've been uh, working with iOS for... I've lost track of how many years iOS has been around since, since iOS 2, so in that time frame. Uh, right now, I'm working for myself with Medikite Software, and... Uh, trying to put out really software for, for people who are into productivity and different productivity systems. Uh, I've been uh, putting out you know, apps, apps for productivity. I've been doing some speaking primarily in the, at the area of accessibility over the last year. Um, and you know, I guess the other thing I have going on right now is I have a podcast called Release Notes that's uh, about the business of iOS. So you know, between those three things, I've, I've, uh, I feel like I have a pretty full plate. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, release notes is with former NSNR speaker, uh, Joe Chaplinski. Yeah, Joe Chaplinski, that's right. He, we, uh, we get a chance to chat pretty much every week, and it's, uh, it's, it's always a, a, a fun time to be able to, to compare notes about you know, how things are going, what's going on in the sort of business community among iOS developers, and, um, you know, sort of explore, you know, what's working, what's not, and things like that. So it's a lot of fun. Which episode are you on now? You've been doing it for quite a while, I think. Yeah, actually, uh, we uh, we just what, episode thirty five and thirty six we just recorded with uh, your fellow Canadian uh, uh, Jim Dalrymple. So we uh, ah, right we on. have a, t- a two parter. Uh, second part's coming out next week, but it's been a uh, we've been we've been having a lot of uh, good speakers, uh, a couple good guests and stuff. So we've been pretty excited with the way it's going. That's great. Um, so uh, beyond uh, podcasting and, uh, and uh, speaking, can you talk a little bit more about your company and the kind of work that you focus on? Sure. Um, like I said at the beginning, we, we focus primarily on um, apps for people who are into different productivity systems. So we don't do a lot of contracting, although we do a little bit of uh, accessibility contracting on the side. But primarily, we're working on our, on our own products. And I guess what I'm saying, we, it's really the, the royal we because it's really just me. So I don't know why I say we. But So I work on, uh, on apps for um, people who are into the Getting Things Done system for the Franklin Covey system. Um, and the idea is that to take these systems that have been you know, pencil and paper based uh, for so long and sort of translate them into the mobile sphere. So that somebody can go to a training session for one of these uh, different systems and learn, learn the system, learn the language, learn the processes, and then, uh, you know, be able to walk out, pick up an app, and be able to pick up on their iPhone or iPad right where they left off in the class. Um, so it's, it, it is a little bit niche, but it, for those who, who have taken the time to, to get trained in these systems, it's, it's, it's really important to them. It helps them be productive. And, uh, you, know, that's, you know, that's really all we can ask for is to make a difference in, in uh, how people are getting their, their jobs done. So that's pretty good. So are those apps that are like custom for a customer using an enterprise account or are you making them like on the app store and you download them? No, they're, they are available as consumer apps in the app store. So, I mean, we have Benjamin, which is our, probably our, our most, uh, our biggest seller right now is for the Franklin Covey system. And then uh, Actionless is for the getting things done. Uh, we've explored 
we again. I don't, it's, it's, it's that crazy, you know, when I think about the company, I think of it in the plural, but which really just well, means. Well, it is really you and the company, so it is we. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's my split 82. personality coming out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, is, it is all consumer apps right now. Um, I've explored different uh, possibilities of trying to um, do some B2B st- stuff, um, but, you know, it just hasn't panned out yet. So, you know, hopefully it will in the future. But right now we're making a, a pretty good show on the App Store and hope to, hope to, hope to keep it going. How, how does that you know kind of translate when you have such a loyal fan base to the to do list managers mm-hmm. like different paper based stuff, yeah. yeah planners and stuff like do you find that people are are enjoying the 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 rich features that the iPad you know gives them compared to what they have on just like a paper based pad kind of thing like like are you able to build a lot more interactivity or or super features that that adds to the, the planning and, and note-taking experience? I, I, think, I think primarily it's a matter of simplifying. Um, you know, a lot of these different systems, they get, and when you're dealing with pencil and paper, you get into, into such different minutia of, of moving list items from this list to that list, but not until this other thing has happened. And, you know, that gets to be a pretty big pain after a while. And so being able to streamline those processes and, and helping for, you know, some of these tasks to, to happen automatically based on events, based on time, based on date, um, so that the, the user doesn't have to worry about moving things around. Um, I think that's, that's one of the, the big wins that happens. It's just simply, you know, helping, helping the system get out of the way of the user. Um, the other big thing it has going forward is that, you know, when you're not using pencil and paper, you're able to actually do things like search. So if you, you know that you did something in, you know, May of last year, you can simply search for a date range and be able to get the, the notes or the, the tasks that were going on in that time range instead of having to, to go back and, and, you know, flip through and try to find the right date in a month looking at every single day. So, you know, there, there are some things that, you know, databases just make a whole lot easier um, and some things that, you know, are just simply a matter of, of automation that, that help to uh, make the, the, the systems more streamlined because they uh, can get out of the way of the user and let the user actually get some, get some things done. That's great. And so I, I guess this is uh, these are mostly iPad apps, or are they universal as well? Uh, it's a mix. I have uh, iPhone and iPad versions available for, for both of the apps. Um, another, another app I have, ListMaker, is, uh, is iPhone only. Um, but, you know, what I've found over the you know, last couple of years is that especially in the business world, you know, the iPad is where it's at. Everybody has an iPad. Everybody's using their iPad. A lot of people are using their iPads as laptop replacements anymore. And so, you know, it it sort of surprised me at the beginning, you know, how popular those were. But there's just, frankly, a lot more demand for iPad versions than there is iPhone versions. And to make it even better, people are willing to pay more for iPad versions. And so it's, it's, you know, the iPad versions of these apps are, you know, by far the, the more profitable of the deals for me. Do you find that your your um, customers have multiple devices, or do they st- stick to just the one device? Um, I th- a lot of them will have both an I- iPhone and an iPad, but I don't find many that have like an iPhone and you know two iPads, for instance, or you know a day phone and a night phone to, to steal the cliche. <laughs> but uh, you know it's not uncommon to have like uh, you know two different uh, form factors, but it's it's sort of unusual to have. 
uh, two different phones, two different iPads, things like that. I guess where I was going with that is the problem of synchronization of data, and that's uh, pretty complicated. So it, is that server side on these systems, or do you no. handle it yourself? Yeah, I, I handle it myself. It's a it's by far the the most difficult subsystem of these apps is trying to keep all the all the information synced and and up to date. Um, and and honestly, that's one of the things that helps helps distinguish my apps because a lot of people. You know, syncing is a hard problem. It's just there's no way oh, around it. Oh, it is. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and so, I mean, a lot of people are unwilling to to, to try to, to put together a sync solution. Uh, other people try and are un- unable to put together a sync solution. Um, but I've been able to, to make a, you know, a, and I don't pretend that I'm the only person that can do a sync solution. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, that in, in my particular little niche, I'm uh, not a lot of people have been able to make it work very well. And I've, that's one place where I've, I've um, been able to, to really make a reputation for reliability, which has been very helpful. That's great. Now, in, so in terms of your uh, your involvement in the iOS community, um, you, you you mentioned before that you've uh, you've spoken at a, at a number of conferences in the past, and um, frequently one of the topics you like to 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 go over is accessibility. And uh, you you seem to have a, a really good grasp on. You know the the concepts involved and the importance of accessibility. Um, do, do you care to elaborate on that, perhaps? Or? Sure. I mean that that's one area that un, sort of unexpectedly has become um, an area of intense interest for me. It's I, I don't have anyone in my life who depends on the different accessibilities in iOS um, or or frankly even uses them. Um, my dad uses large text, I guess, but. Um, it's not like I have somebody in my in my family who's relying on voiceover, um, but I had a you know, one of my my first app was Actionless, and uh, it I had it out in the App Store. It was working great, and then unexpectedly, I got a support email from a blind user who uh, you know said, "Hey, you know what? I love this app. I use it every day, but I can't set dates." Wow. That, yeah, that's a, it's a little bit of a problem in a, in a, a to-do app. So <laughs> I, the, the problem that actually happened is I thought I, was, I would be clever and, and not use Apple's built-in date picker, but instead use a calendar-based date picker that I created myself. And while it was great, it was much more efficient, and you know, people who could use it loved it, um, it wasn't voiceover compatible. I, right, I it wasn't accessible. Right. All right, it wasn't accessible. And so you know that, that really opened my eyes to to the importance of accessibility and, you know, frankly, how easy it is to make iOS in particular very accessible uh, through the voiceover technology that Apple provides. And, you know, when I realized how, you know, when I realized how easy it was as for a developer to get this working, it, I became more aware of how many apps out there aren't doing it, even though it is easy. And it's it's really just sort of a shame how, how much software out there is either not accessible or is not very well accessible because they're not fully implementing voiceover. And it's, uh, and it's one thing, that, I mean, it's, it's something that really uh, sparked an interest in me, and it was something that I thought that I had an opportunity to, to you know, basically advocate among fellow developers and, and try to make them aware of, of the different technologies that, that Apple provides and to, uh, you know, help encourage them to make accessibility a priority in their own apps. And so that's what I've been doing for the last year is speaking at, at conferences and and uh, trying to um, you know make people aware. I'm I'm I don't think I am going to be talking about that in S North. I think I'm going to talk about some business topics. But um, you know it's been a, a great pleasure to make connections over the last year with people in in, uh, in the developer community and 
and uh, get a chance to talk to them about, you know, how they can make their apps better, not just for those who are, have a disability, but, you know, really for all of their users. Yeah, I'm sure many of your talks are very eye-opening, like, in that area, because, you know, I'm even guilty of that in my own apps that I do for clients. Like, it's 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 almost like a, a second thought. You know, it's like, well, should we throw accessibility in? No, we just got to get this done and publish the app. But, like, you know, you, you really need to spend some time and allocate some time to... Uh, to address the issue like it's it's you know it's a good chunk of users who who need some form of assistance yeah and that's what i mean that's a pretty common you know way of thinking about it is you know we're coming up to crunch time we can't fit in everything that we promised we've got to cut someplace where do we cut well let's cut accessibility because yeah. frankly the you know the customer's probably not going to be testing accessibility anyway you know what i mean um it's it's sort of a shame because you know for the people who need it it's it's a it's a critical technology but you know, I can under, I can, I, I, I totally understand the desperation that that comes into play when you're trying to make a decision about what to cut and and uh, you know something's got to give. Um, but you know, my goal is to convince people that that's not play, not where it should be given. <laughs> yeah, it's always the difference between a good app and a great app, right? The one that's going to delight you and tell you the little things that you've got going for it that make it just so much better than the other ones because if it's got these these things that are. Frankly, Apple supplied. Yeah, yeah no kidding. And, and, and honestly, it's so easy to. Now, when I say it's easy, I'm I'm near, I'm restricting my my comments, I guess, to UI Kit. So, for for most apps that are UI Kit based, it's so easy to implement VoiceOver and accessibility in general that you know it's not not doing it is is tantamount to discrimination. Honestly, I mean, it's you know they've set you up set you up with the technology you need on a silver platter, and Assuming that you're aware of it, you're choosing not to implement it. That basically shuts an entire section of the population out of, of using your app. And you know, if if you're not aware of it, if you don't know how easy it is, I can understand. That's you know part of what I want to do is make people aware of you know that it can be done and can be done easily. But if you know about it and you don't do it, uh, well, I mean, I don't know what to do for you. Then it's that's a, that's a tougher nut to crack. Speaking of uh, uh, other segments of the population, so what do you do when you're not developing, when you're not speaking, when you're not podcasting? I spend a lot of time in the kitchen, mostly because I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you've got, you've got that epicurious laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, li I like to cook a lot. Um, I like to uh, I brew beer. Um, oh, I've got, nice. You know, I've got a stout and a, a colch on tap right now in the basement, so um, I get to... Uh, brew a couple, uh, couple batches, you know, quarterly or so, and so that's that's always fun. Make sure, um, sure try try and sneak a keg friends. over the border there when he come. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have to let him try the stuff that we have here. Ah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's very much in the spirits of NS North. The, hey. <laughs> the food and the beer. Yeah. You don't have to twist my arm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that should wrap up this episode. Thank you very much for joining us, Charles. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. We hope that our listeners enjoyed this episode. If you, you would like to know more about the conference, you can visit our website at nsnorth.ca for all the details. Charles, if people wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do so? Well, you can reach me at uh, my website, which is medikite.com. You can find me on Twitter or app.net as DaysEnd, that's D-A-Z-E-E-N-D, or you can look up our podcast at releasenotes.tv. That's awesome. We hope to see everyone in Ottawa in May, and you can all meet Charles. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Charles. 
Thank you. Bye, everyone.